Indeed, there are more questions than answers. Likewise, it when Miley Cyrus gets naked and licks a hammer, it's art and music. But when I do it, I have to leave the hardware store. <laughs> Hi, America. Oh, God. Hello, world. Oh. My name is Adrian Lee, and I am your host. Welcome to the show, more questions than answers. <laughs> the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites, and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre, and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in, especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests, somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains, with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your lights and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting or for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming and I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show. So let me introduce my guests. Firstly... The mysterious and evanescent Heather Morris. She's been a paranormal investigator for many years, with her own team called Hellhound Investigations, and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and DVP experts with the International Paranormal Society, and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather is great at multitasking. She can waste time, be unproductive, and procrastinate all at the same time. <gasps> Welcome to the show, Heather. Hello, I think. I also... <laughs> no, you definitely said hello there. There was no thinking involved. I also wish to introduce the mad crazy Michelle Corey. Michelle was born and raised in Moira, Minnesota, and has a keen and avid interest in all things paranormal. Michelle realized this week that relationships are like algebra. She looked at her ex and wondered why. <laughs> I Welcome did. to the show, Michelle. This Thank is you. Series 2, Episode 101. 101 is a great binary number. There are only 10 types of people in this world, those that understand binary and those that don't. 
101 is the number of Dalmatians in the 1961 Disney film of the same name. I crossed a Dalmatian with a cougar and I've had no end of problems with the postman. (laughs) (laughs) Room (laughs) Room 101 is a torture chamber in the novel 1984 by my favourite author, George Orwell. I've been waiting to get to 101 so I could talk about Room 101. So we couldn't have quit before this, huh? We couldn't quit before this. Okay. I had to get over the line to get to 101, right. which is where I wanted to. Here we are. Room 101 is where your worst fears and phobias are used <sighs> against you. So if I was in Room 101 and I was being tortured, there'd be spiders. Mm-hmm. There'd be something to do with being at great heights. I dislike heights enormously. Mm-hmm. In actual fact, it's the floor that kills you. It should be a fear of floors, shouldn't it? The height doesn't kill you, it's the floor. There you go. Tends to happen that way. And coconuts. I cannot bear coconuts. <laughs> Bane of my life. <laughs> Don't laugh at my phobias. Sorry. I've had intensive therapy. I was killed by a coconut in a previous life. I almost guarantee it. I can't uh. bear the smell, can't bear the taste. Don't like anything to do with them. The, the, worst, rough. the worst nine hours of my life was sat on a Delta flight from Heathrow to Minneapolis and the woman next to me lathered herself up with coconut oil for the entire journey. I have no idea. That was like my hell. That was like the levels of purgatory in Dante's Inferno. Level four was coconut oil. See how we're working. Heather, what would be in room 101 for you? What would be in room 101? Oh, I wouldn't want fire. No fire. Mm-mm, so that's no fire. hell crossed out then. Yes. Brim- has, what about brimstone and sulfur? How's that working? Mm, oddly mm. intriguing. So you don't like fire. You've got a fear of fire. Yeah, I don't want to burn and I don't want to drown. Those are the two things that I think I you'll can't. be. You can't do both at once. I'm led to believe. You never know. You'd be steamed. <laughs> you could drown in gasoline. That, there you go. Oh, that's sick. <laughs> well, from I you. am sick. <laughs> Have we met? I threw the wrong person <laughs> off the cliff. Apparently. <laughs> Worst ways to die, drowning in gasoline. You could be hung upside down with your head in a bucket of soapy frogs. We've had that one before. All Uh, kinds of mean and nasty ways mm. to die. So fire and drowning would be the big two for you. Past life. I still think the coconuts are worse, to be honest. No. Michelle, what's in room 101 for you? Snakes. You dislike snakes? Clowns. Clowns. Drowning. Drowning. Yeah. Well, that'd be a day out, wouldn't it? <laughs> a terrible Friday night, wouldn't it? If that all no happened. going to the circus for her. Uh, no, I hate the circus. <laughs> I'd be concerned if a trip to the circus, though, involved at some point drowning in snakes. Something had been it could. going wrong with your day at that point, wouldn't it? Okay, this points to be one early on. Oh, I thought boy. we had the first oh. MQTA phobia quiz. Oh, I never study. How many distinct... I don't think that's ever going to help, to be honest. And secondly, that doesn't surprise me. How many distinct phobias are recognised by psychologists? So I'm looking for a fairly large number. 2,623. Can you be more specific? No. I have a fear of numbers. You're killing me. Stop it. 5,000. Five th- Heather's actually one. It's nice. 400. Oh, what? <laughs> there are 400 distinct phobias recognized by psychologists. We can come up with more. Oh, absolutely. Mm. I got 400 just on my own. I think coconut probably isn't in there. So we can say 401. <laughs> we'll have to work on that. Did you know nomophobia is the fear of being without your cell phone or not having a signal? 
So some of these are quite modern, but I know people, if they can't find their cell phone, if they haven't got a signal, the world has come to an end. Mm. Now, Nikola Tesla, very Mm -hmm. famous scientist, we love him here, could not stand the sight of this on a woman and would refuse to talk to her if she was wearing them. What are they? Buttons. He had a fear of buttons, you think? Okay. Gloves. (laughs) Gloves. I don't know where to go with this, actually. It's pearls. He disliked pearls. He had a phobia of pearls. He would not talk to a woman if she was wearing pearls. Pearl buttons, I win. Oh, hang on. (laughs) (laughs) That's not how the rules work. At what point did this become a democracy? (laughs) How many Americans have a fear of flying and it's in the millions? Three. Three million Americans have a fear of flying. What are we going with, Michelle? 15. Michelle has won the points. It is 25 wow. million, That's a large would you believe? Percentage. That's a lot of drugs going around. I actually have a fear of flying. I was involved in a plane crash in Greece in 1994, and I have to be drugged up to the eyeballs now. And I get on the plane, fall asleep, dribble in the corner, mm. wake up with a cushion stuck to my face, <laughs> with the stewardess saying, can you wake up, sir? And everyone else has left the plane. That's the perfect way to be. They I've woken you. up like that, and I don't have a fear of flying. No. Or taking drugs. <laughs> yeah. But that was in the back of someone's car, wasn't oh, it? Oh, right. With I a CD it stuck to your face. It wasn't a plane. Thank you. It wasn't a plane. No, I remember now. At all. They say, don't they, on a plane, you know, if you're going to crash, put your head between your legs, <laughs> and then spread yourself evenly over three fields. Oh, I thought it was kissing your bum goodbye. Yeah. Either works. <laughs> I just don't think they want to fuss. They don't want people running around and screaming as you're hurtling towards the ground. But I have a fear. <laughs> I know it's uh, a fear that's not grounded, in fact, because you've got more it's chance. It's not grounded. <sighs> I'm here all week. You can try the fish. Don't forget to tip your waitress. Ultimately, you could get run over quite easily just walking across the street. But. I know the facts. Speaking of planes, there's a fun fact. A story this week was that a plane hit a deer on its. Yes, did, did I you saw see that, that? <laughs> on its takeoff. What was the deer flying? <laughs> it was, was Rudolph. It was a reindeer. <laughs> One less for Santa. <laughs> yeah. He was practicing. If only he had some dent sort in of. It. Uh-huh. Can you imagine if they'd have had some sort of red beacon so he could have seen it? Oh. See what happened there? Yeah. I can imagine a deer flying a plane now. He's got his headphones on. He's in a little Cessna. He's taking off. Clear on runway three. That'll be the deer coming into taxi. All kinds of problems. How would you like to explain that to the insurance company? That yeah. big old dent in your front of your plane. <laughs> My oh, old deer did it. Just nasty. Shocking to do. This is, unfortunately, 25 million people in America have a fear of flying. And I am one of them. But it's not going to stop me from visiting all the fabulous places around the world. I'm going to have to take a deep intake of breath here. Hippopoto monstrosus quipped daliophobia is a fear of long words. And rather ironic as well at the same time. <laughs> at the end of the first ever Phobia's NQTA quiz, Heather scored one and Michelle has also scored one. Although I'm not sure Pell Buttons is going to win. <laughs> Pell Buttons sounds like a 1920s singer in some sort of jazz yeah. bar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now for your delight and entertainment, welcome onto the stage, Pell Buttons, with a 1913 hit by the light of the silvery moon. Nice. nice. If you dialed 101 in Britain, you would be put through to a helpline for non-urgent emergencies. 
What? Even Ooh. though that sounds like an oxymoron. Right. This is to stop the emergency services, which is 999, your equivalent of 911, from being clogged up with calls about cats being stuck up trees. So you have a second number if it's not so much of an emergency and they will guide you in the right direction. We have the first ever MQTA. I can't believe they call the emergency services quiz. Oh. oh boy. In Canada, a woman dialed 911 after hearing yelling and shouting from next door. When the police arrived, the neighbor was having a rough time doing what? Sex. He was having a rough time. <laughs> he was so good, even the neighbors were smoking when he finished. Putting on his hockey gear. Putting on his hockey gear. He was going to the toilet as it happens. Oh, man. Dead wow. man's grip. He was going to burst a lung. Wow. Okay. She called the police because he needed more fiber mm. in his diet. Great. A woman in Dakula, Georgia. That sounds like Dracula for mm -hmm. dyslexics, doesn't it? Okay. I think we should start a whole series of dyslexic horror films. Dakula can be the first one. <laughs> Great. Rankenstein. Ah. The Curse of the Yummy. <laughs> the, the Wall Man is a nice one. What about the man with two Brian's? <laughs> I love this show. It makes me happy. A woman in Dakula, Georgia, contacted the police to say her Chevy van had been stolen from her backyard. When the police arrived, they discovered what? It was parked in her front yard. <laughs> That's not a bad shout. Yeah, I like that. I may give you points there just for being creative. That makes me laugh. That she never owned a van. She did own a van. Oh. Her grass had grown so <gasps> tall, she could no longer see it in her backyard. So when they arrived, <laughs> it was hidden by the grass. Oh, my God. This is why nice. you need a second line, which is 101 for non-emergencies. <laughs> a seven-year-old from Burnett in Wisconsin called the police because her granddad was doing what? Taking her candy away. Stealing her candy. The long Wouldn't pause. play with her. That's not a bad uh, shout, actually. I may give you points. He was cheating in a card game she was playing with him. <laughs> they were playing poker and uh, he had... For Mrs. candy, he see? Mrs. And I win. Mrs. Yeah. Bum the Baker. <laughs> I can't give you two points for getting two questions wrong in a row. No matter how you dress it up. Two wrongs do make a right. <laughs> two wrongs are going to make zero for Miss Morris. Let's play I win. Let's play... <laughs> I'm going to cheat at that game. I'm going to call the police. <laughs> I shall get them on speed dial. In 2010, a homeless man called 911 after getting stuck in this for 10 hours. As a clue, he asked them to bring with them towels and some hot chocolate. Where was the homeless man stuck for 10 hours? Towels and hot chocolate in a walk-in freezer. A dumpster. He was stuck in a hot tub. He couldn't get out again. He sat there for 10 hours in cold water in the end. And he's got a cell phone? Yes, apparently. Nice. Fell into the hot tub. Can you imagine the scum on the top of that hot tub if he'd been like... But anyway, they, ultimately, they uh, they fished him out and he was arrested. <laughs> 101. Sorry. Why is that funny? What? He got a nice warm bed for the nice night bath. and a meal. It's all pruned up. There we go. And he'll probably send you some flowers from prison. Right on. <laughs> 101 is also used as a term for beginners or introductory course we are as we speak recording for you a ghost hunting 101 series mm -hmm. we're going to do 14 episodes half an hour each mm -hmm. 
we're about 10 episodes through. Our wisdom, our knowledge, we're going to draw from a vast pool of intelligence and cerebralism, which is Miss Heather Norris, or Chuck Norris over there, <laughs> communicated in Morris code. But we are going to be doing very shortly, look out for this on our Facebook site, we're going to be allowing you the chance to access a Ghost Hunting 101 series, which we're going to put together for you. So look out for that each week. My favourite part of the show is reading out your mailbag. Oh, boy. Reading I love out the mailbag. your letters from all over the world, all over this huge globe which we're inhabiting. Ginormous. Bob, our regular listener and friend from the Bahamas, posted, is there an MQTA rehab I can <gasps> go to? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I have an insalubrious, there we go, addiction to your show. Oh, I think thanks, we, Bob. we need to start a support group is where I think for Bob. we need to be for Bob. Thanks, there. Bob. Corey from Alberta, Canada has posted. I listen to MQTA every week. Pass a hello to Michelle. I love her voice. Many greetings. Thank you, Corey. From Canada. Nice. PJ in Michigan. PJ in Michigan has messaged. This show makes me spit beer out of my nose. <laughs> What a waste. We can only apologise. <laughs> he hasn't said anything about not drinking it again. He's in Michigan, so anything there's possible. Joy in Iowa has posted, I love your 100th episode. It was great. Looking forward to listening to it again in the archives. And, of course, we do have archives of the show. If you go to soundcloud.com and search for MQ. TA Radio, we do an extra 20 to 25 minutes of the show there as well as a little present for you, a little Easter egg that we can't read out live on air. It's called The Round of Not For Your Mother. It's the stories from around the world that are laden with innuendo that we might get a fine if we read those out. So there's a bit more for you there as well. But our last three and a half years of shows are there. People listen to them at work. The gentleman from Ireland recently wrote to us and said he listens to those at work you can listen to them in the gym in the car whatever you're doing you can access those they're also on itunes stitcher and tune in radio and can you give us a nice review if you're listening to our archives and you like what we do there's a little smiley face that you can give us a little love heart on soundcloud and if you could write us a short review on itunes we would be very grateful and we would read that out on air as well logan in pennsylvania posted i will be listening to mqta tonight this week could not go fast enough. Give my girlfriend Kendra a shout out tonight because she will be listening. So Hi, Kendra. Hello. Hi, Kendra. Kendra. And Logan. And all of our listeners in Pennsylvania, Lace in Oklahoma posted episode 96 was freaking epic. <laughs> <laughs> was it ever? It I have good. listened to it several times. Oh. Michelle's pet moose killed me. <laughs> Give me... That's when you said you had a pet moose, and I ridiculously believed you. I know, but I don't lie very often. She <laughs> says... <laughs> we'll skip over that. She says, give me five points and take six points for digging it up. So I shall give her five, and we all now get six points as well. Very philanthropic, this, isn't it? Very nice. Oh, I see how that works. Yeah. Jonas in California, who listens to our show regularly, added, I listened to episode 96. Heather in the last round said, get your stuff and get out. <laughs> that was paraphrased, was of course. No. <gasps> in my book, that's several points for you. 
you said what a lot of people would like to say. Yeah. So, a <laughs> couple of points for Heather. She's nice. made it up to nine and she's got two questions wrong. Sweet. Which is wholly remarkable. We must have the Russians doing the scoring for us this oh, boy. week. The last round had me rolling at work. Thank you very much for that. P.S. I love the droopy impressions. Yes. Oh, no. No. No, not tonight. We'll save it. <laughs> we can't shoot our bolt that early in the show with a droopy impression. Finally, Robin in Massachusetts said, Episode 96, I giggled shamelessly. So glad Nathan is getting more included in the games. I love hearing his belly laughs. He gets such a kick out of everything you do. I have nothing to offer to get points like Martin in New York. Hoping my notice of Nathan's sides gets me something. It does indeed, Robin. You shall have three points. <laughs> Hi, Robin. You're now in fourth place. How much did Nathan pay you? Nathan <gasps> can't be with us tonight. <laughs> yes. He's having surgery on a shoulder injury. Yeah. Repetitive strain injury. I think oh. so. <laughs> Disappointing for him, it's only in one shoulder. Facebook, you can join us on our Facebook site if you wish to write to us, if you wish to be part of our mailbag, if you wish to post any messages. We have a site on Facebook called More Questions Than Answers with Adrian Lee, where all of tonight's stories are also there for you and much, much more. Lots of jokes, lots of cartoons, things we can't read out on air. We currently have 5,700 followers on there. We have a Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips that's t-i-p-s for the international paranormal society we have 91 thousand followers on there if you're listening to us at the moment on our archives don't forget you can hear us first on the dark matter digital network at 8 p.m central time every friday we have a youtube account more questions and answers with adrian lee and everything is there for you lots of outtakes lots of fun things and before we start our first round proper of Ghosts and Hauntings. A big shout out to the friend of the show, David Ellison of Megadeth, who won. Yay! The Yay. Grammy Congratulations, awesome. David and Megadeth. Sunday night. Awesome. I can now say that my latest book, Mysterious Midwest Unwrapping Urban Legends and Ghostly Tales from the Dead, now has a foreword written by David Ellison, who is a Grammy. Winner. Yay. Awesome. What an absolute joy. Mm -hmm. I'm on six points. Michelle's on seven. Heather's on nine. Robin has scored three. And Lace has got five. We move into the first round that is ghosts and hauntings. A mum has released a picture which she believes shows her son, who died at birth, returning to keep an eye on his twin sister. Mum of six, Deb Lacombe, 52, was devastated when she was told the heartbreaking news that one of her unborn twins had an extra chromosome that meant he was unlikely to survive his first day. There was a 95% chance little Jeremy would die before her due date, which also meant there was a high chance of losing his unborn sister Taylor, since he lay above her in the womb. But she now believes her son hung on to life until the birth date so that he could save his sister's life, creating a link between the twins that went beyond his tragic death at just one hour and 20 minutes old. Now Debs has revealed a picture of eight-year-old Taylor with a glowing shape by her head, which she believes could be the spirit of little Jeremy remaining by her side. 
The snap was taken as Deb from Queensland, Australia, prepared to wed her fiancé, Wayne. She said we were at my parents' house, and Wayne and I were getting married that week. But it was a surprise nobody knew. So we asked my daughter, Chanel, to take some pictures of the family, since the date would be quite important for us. I wanted some nice photos of my children and grandchildren. After seeing the picture of the glowing face next to Taylor, people have kept telling me that Jeremy wanted to be in the picture. All the pictures from that day seem to have something in them. It is like there is a light moving around Taylor, and I think it could be Jeremy. If he is there, it's as a friend, and it's nice to know that he's nearby, watching over his sister. Chanel says she didn't see anything in them when she took them, and even now... She thinks it's a bit freaky, but she says she hasn't done any editing to create them. This looks like a lens flare. As much as I would like little Jeremy Aww. to be hanging around his sister, and I'm not saying he's not, obviously as a paranormal investigator and a psychic, I'm sure he's hanging around. Yeah. But in the photograph, this looks like a lens flare. A UV filter on the lens would see anything crossover. I can't even bonk it. I didn't see it. You didn't no. see the photograph. Mm -hmm. Other MQTA listeners have commented and said it actually looks like an animal, like a goat or a raccoon in the background. Huh. So you can go and see for yourself. You can visit our Facebook site, More Questions and Answers, with Adrian Lee, and you can see whether it's a lens flare, a ruminant, or Jeremy. I should give myself points for being interesting and informative, and I'm up to a nice rounded Eight. Heather, what have you got nice. for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings? Well, horrifying demons are showing up in Snapchat filthies. Filthies? <laughs> filthies. I tell you what, girls. I've got my cell phone. Let's take some filthies. We can only make our listeners happy, right? So I'm guessing, due to your dirty mind, you actually meant to say selfies. How do you know that? There is something called a, is it a belfie? Which is a selfie of your bottom. What? Yeah. Adrian what? Edward, what have you been doing? <laughs> I've been reading fortunes. <laughs> it's what I've been. You're going to meet a tall, dark stranger. You don't crack that cookie. Come into some money and be lucky with the number two. <laughs> you can. There are people out there that read bottoms. No, oh. that's scatomancy. That's what's left no, over. It's, you can read a bottom, I tell you. I've seen people do it. I'm obsessed with ears. I like ears. I'm happy to read an ear. You could press your ear against a photocopier, send it to me in an envelope, and I'll tell you if you're going on holiday this year. That's what I'll be doing. $20 wow. there. Well, taking a selfie with a Snapchat filter is supposed to be fun, but it can also be scary. Lately, a face that looks like a demon's has been showing up in some people's photos. Now, I have to say, never done Snapchat before. Ever. Nope. I have it, but I have no idea how it What works. have you been doing? I can't Nothing. turn the television on. In the good old days, you used to stand up, walk five yards and press a button. I've got four remotes and I have no clue how to turn the television well, on. Mm -hmm. It's beyond me. Well, Things are getting far more complicated. I stress now about leisure activities and leisure time. I think, wow, I've got an hour from work. What can I do? I get high blood pressure thinking, well, I could go to the gym. I could watch TV. I could play a computer game. I could play the guitar. I could do, I'd end up getting stressed due to having leisure time. I think things are actually starting to go back to a simpler time anyway. Did you see that Nokia is going to resubmit yep. the old phone? 
So it's coming back out. The old Nokia indestructible phone is coming back. Vinyl records have a warmer tone to them mm-hmm. than the yes, cold kind of do. CDs and the metallic kind of digital Tinny. that you get now. Yeah. I've just bought a PlayStation 4. In the old days, you could be playing a game on that within 20 seconds of putting the disc in. Now I sit there for five minutes while it's going through all these percentages of things it's having to upload and everything online. It takes you five minutes to get to the game. Yeah, it's In the terrible. good old days, you could throw the disc in and be playing the game within Pac-Man. seconds. man Do we all sound old? Am I sounding old? <laughs> you are. <laughs> well, 25-year-old Tara McPadden used the dog filter, and while she looked funny with a canine nose and ears, Mr. Lee, she was too distracted I by... I can't pass a lamppost. I've got... <laughs> Quite a wet nose if you want to feel it. She was too distracted by a second face in the picture. Snapchat also put a pair of ears and a dog nose on Tara's chin, no jokes, and neck, where some evil-looking eyes had appeared. Evil. Evil. She's not the only person to report a demon's face showing with a filter in a Snapchat selfie. 22-year-old Rachel Gardner had a similar thing happen. Of course, it's probably just a glitch causing the demon's faces, but there is always the chilling possibility that it isn't. Have two resplendent points. You are now on double integers. Can't believe it. You're on 11, but the night is still young and everything can be taken away. (laughs) Minnesota, where we're broadcasting from Uh at the moment, has a tax, apparently, on viewing caskets and lawmakers want to bury it. The old saying goes that the only things certain in life are death and taxes and haircuts. You'll always need a hairdresser, won't you? At Minnesota's capital, lawmakers are working to make sure that death isn't inadvertently subject to state sales tax. Preliminary data shows that 43,000 people died in Minnesota last year, some eaten by bears and other with frostbite. About 60% of them, more than 26,000, were cremated, according to the Minnesota Center for Health Statistics. That fits with a pattern over the last decade of the final disposition moving decidedly in favour of cremation over burial. Starting in 2010, there were more cremations than burials. But many families still opt for a service where their loved one is viewed in a casket first. What we use in our profession is a viewing casket. Some people refer to it as a rental casket, said Minnesota oh. Funeral Directors Association <laughs> President Jeff Hartquist, who made clear he finds the latter term very offensive. It's a casket that allows us to view our loved ones. The problem is that such a casket, where the shell is reused but the interior is not, is technically taxable. A casket or urn that someone buys is exempt from sales tax, The tax on the temporary item can be quite a lot, given that viewing caskets can cost between $600 and $1,500. It's subject to the 6.8% sales tax and then any local taxes that would apply. It works out to about $70 tax on a 1,000 rental coffin. It doesn't quite make sense. We're using, in essence, the same type of an item, said Hardquist, who owns and operates funeral homes in southern Minnesota. This means you're paying tax on the same coffin over and over again. Right. Because you're just renting the same one. 
Do you see what I mean? That doesn't make sense to me because you're being taxed over and over and over again on the same product. Do you see where we are? Yeah. The same applies to temporary urns that hold ashes until transferred into another receptacle or scattered. Governor Mark Dayton's tax cut proposal would change the law so the circumstances are treated equally and remain tax-free. Senate Taxes Committee Chairman Roger Chamberlain said it's a matter of consistency but also one of basic respect. We don't tax them at the end of their lives, Chamberlain said. Let them rest in peace and let the families go and do their thing without levying that tax on the transactions. Did you know in Europe, the transactions for burial plots are currently through the roof. It's the biggest growing equity investment all over Europe is burial plots. They're exchanging for vast sums of money. Huh. If you wish to make money from property, buy burial plots at the moment in Britain and Europe. You will make a lot of money from that. Really? Informative and interesting. Very. Um, now on <clears throat> 10 points. Michelle, what have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings? A mum claims she's being haunted by a man-hating black monk ghost who won't let men come near her. The lovesick spook is said to move keys, glasses, and e-cigarettes around the house, as well as pulling down the knickers of her antique dolls. <laughs> I'm sorry, Auntie Who? <laughs> <laughs> Tracy Proctor says she has been haunted by the protective black monk-like figure for the past 14 years. She needs to stay chaste, that's the trouble. Yeah, the 52-year-old mum of three said the spooky sightings force her sons, boyfriends, and male visitors to flee the house. Mm. She has lived in her Wakefield, West Yorkshire home for 19 years, where spirits move keys, glasses, and e-cigarettes. Tracy even blames the cheeky spirit for repeatedly pulling down the knickers on her antique dolls. Wow. Unbelievable. Those poor dolls minding their own business. <laughs> Straight down to the ankles, no messing around. She believes the ghoul forced sons Glenn, 31, and Alec, 24, to move out and said both current and former boyfriends have also repeatedly witnessed close encounters with the ghostly presence. At least it's the antique dolls. I can't get beyond this. I know you've read another two paragraphs since then. Mm -hmm. At least that's... Imagine if that was you. Imagine that was your grandmother. She's come round to visit. You've made a nice cup of tea, given her a piece of angel cake... She sat there talking about how she's got some neck curtains from the market that year, really cheaply. Suddenly, draws around by her ankles, poltergeist activity. That's not good news. You could then read her fortune, by the way. Look out for the number eight. It's the dolls, not granny. understand but that. But if he moved it up a notch or two. Yeah, if, uh. if the activity increases... You know, you'd be going there, tugging on your panties, trying to keep them up. Them You're... are some big panties. That's Bloomers. Right. Bloomers. <laughs> Huge drawers being pulled down as we speak. Mm. The ones that go to your knees and are gathered at the leg. Mm. Yeah, keep you going, Michelle. This. Make yeah. it up. Tracy said, many men have been driven out from my home. It does seem to affect the males around me because of what has happened with my sons and partners. I'm going to go back to this again. I can't. Okay. What if it was like the opposite? What if it was like getting a wedge in? Because that would be worse. <laughs> a ghostly phantom hand suddenly grabs the back of your underwear. 
and you're going to need a hook and some string to get it back down again. No worries. What Don't wear any. Worst? Would you? I'm sorry. <laughs> no wedgings for you. No wedgings. No I never wedgings. have to worry about it. I'm commando. Mm-hmm. Am I the only one in the studio wearing underwear? Evidently. Probably. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> what if you have an accident? What if you get run over and, like, you know, you're in hospital? My mum said, always wear clean underwear. She also said that if I came in the house, I needed to take my coat off, otherwise I wouldn't feel the benefit. And my dad said to me once, grab a woman by the waist and a bottle by the neck. And I don't actually know what that means. And this, you're dyslexic, so... This is also true. <laughs> oh. Doesn't help, does it? Yes, I've only had the five books released. <laughs> I think a phantom wedging would be far worse than having them just completely... You call it pantsed over here, mm-hmm. didn't you? Mm-hmm. If a ghost is going to come at you, would you rather have a wedging or would you rather be pantsed? Because they're like a dichotomy, aren't they? It's a polemic action is what we're going We with. just discussed this. We don't have that it ain't problem. Happening. Nothing. See, it doesn't matter. It it's doesn't irrelevant. matter. No. We're good. Yeah. No. Yes. Michelle and I are great. We're so great. basically, this is an internal inquiry that would I rather be pantsed That's or have a wedge in? Yes. Having given it some consideration, <laughs> I think I'd rather be pantsed because there is a recovery at that point, isn't there? You can go again. Once you've been wedged, that's a difficult tippy-toe kind of, you know, retrieval exercise. Things could be ruined at that point. Which is why we never have to worry about it. Uh-uh. We okay. always feel safe. I do. I'm pleased that the two of you... <laughs> do you know, when I first started this show, I thought I'd have a really informative, paranormal show where we discuss some of the cutting-edge things that were going on in the world in terms of ghostly activity and contact. Mm-hmm. I feel like we do that. I feel as if we're covering yes. <laughs> really important ground here for the rest of the world. And might I stress, Michelle and I didn't go down this road. No. No. It has definitely stopped me having relationships, and if I meet someone, then I know what is going to happen, and I am not going to see them again if they come back to my place. Oh. I'm taking notes here. I'm going to blame the ghost. When my son came home from university, I said he could stay in a bedroom I can feel is particularly demonic. Tracy added, I hate that boy. <laughs> can't stand it. God. There's always one of your kids you can't bear, isn't it? I don't, wow. I don't put him like, in the demonic bedroom. Don't like the Jeez. second one. We'll put him in there. It'll be fine. What's the worst that can happen? Oh, good. Oh, I thought initially that he was making it up. And when he said that he could hear footsteps, I told him it was the dogs. But he said that they were not in the bedroom with him. And the dog doesn't wear shoes. <laughs> Unless this is a dog I had previously. <laughs> Dogs have you seen wearing panties? Actually, there are some dogs that do wear panties, and I'm not joking. Mm-mm. Right. He was so freaked out by it that he had he had gone when I came back later that day, and I was left alone. There have been so many stories, and I have just had to get used to it, really. Ex-boyfriends have seen a black figure, and they have packed their bags and said they couldn't hack it. It's very odd, isn't it? If mm-hmm. you were committed, I mean, that doesn't sound like a committed relationship if the man's doing a runner because he's seen the black <laughs> monk. Do you see where we are? Mm-hmm. Despite sharing her home with the poltergeist, Tracy says she feels protected by her spectral lodger and has no plans to leave her haunted home. You have there to get you past the cleric in the passage before you can move into the bedroom. Very haunting. That would be putting you off wouldn't it if you was in bed and you saw a monk standing in the corner with his rosary beads there you go with his shaven head mm-hmm. with his black robes you're thinking too hard again put you off what have you got for me now in the round of ghosts and hauntings i shall give michelle two points she's now on nine 
A family destroys an evil man. In... Oh, we're going with the action again, are we? <laughs> Christ. In a totally brutal obituary. <laughs> so you're both doing acting now. You know you're not getting paid anymore, don't you? We and get I, paid? What? Are, you, are you a member of Equity by any chance? Screen Actors Guild. The unions okay. are going to complain about this if you start acting. Oh, boy. So, this is how it goes. Leslie's passing proves that evil does, in fact, die. It's like Vincent Price is channeling you as we live and breathe. Horror. So reads an obituary that KHOU calls harsh and CW39 describes as brutally honest. Brutal. Leslie Ray Sharping, known as Popeye, died in January. The, I'll blow out. The Texas man was battling cancer, but died of being a horse's ass. Ah. His obituary states he lived 29 years longer than expected, but much longer oh. than he deserved. He wow. was a horse's ass. <laughs> That's right. Sharping's life served no obvious purpose. And he possessed no redeeming qualities. Oh, my God. <laughs> what state is he in? Texas. Oh, well, there you go. His problems stemmed from mental illness and drinking drugs and womanizing. Sounds like Frank Gallagher. <laughs> <laughs> and what's he doing wrong again? Sharping leaves behind two relieved children and countless other victims. Is that not the worst thing you ever heard? That is very brutal. <laughs> oh, to be, my God. I can't believe they printed it. What to be remembered they by They hated that, that man. Shocking. <laughs> I should give you two more points for being informative. You're now on an unlucky 13. Disturbing footage appears to show Undertaker storming a funeral and snatching a corpse from a coffin over an alleged $40 debt. Oh. Family members looked on in horror as the men removed the suit-cladded body from the coffin during the ceremony in Ghana and then walked off with the corpse. The men from the local hospital mortuary reportedly carried out the shocking act after family refused to hand over the $40 owed for dressing the body. They appeared at Tema Community 9 Cemetery on Saturday minutes before the coffin was about to be lowered into the grave. Shocking video footage shows the two men reaching into the white coffin and lifting the body of the man out as his friends and family gathered around. They then lifted the man, who was wearing a grey suit and gloves, onto their shoulder and walked out into the graveyard. The family decided to run away with the body after the undertaker addressed it, so we got wind of the incident and got angry, hence our action at the cemetery. Though we took the body out of the coffin in an attempt to bring it back to the mortuary for safekeeping until such time the money was paid. Some sympathisers intervened later and paid the amount due, which we accepted and allowed them to have the body back for burial. You put your left leg in, your left leg out, in, out, in, out. And that's how you create a haunting right there. That's going to be a very unhappy spirit and mm -hmm. ghost. If you wish to see the morticians removing the body from a coffin in a suit in Ghana, you're more than welcome to go to. If you go to our Facebook site, more questions than answers with Adrian Lee at the end of the very hefty round of ghosts. And hauntings, I'm on 12, Michelle's on 9, Heather's on 13, Robin has scored 3, and Lace 
has a very resplendent five. We move into the rounds. That is UFOs and cryptozoology. It's green men and hairy beasties. Scientists are said to be just two years away from bringing the woolly mammoth back from extinction. They said that two years ago. Yeah, come on. They're getting stuck on it. That's the trouble. Do you know what happened? They were going to use elephant embryos. Yes. To then implant the DNA. And it takes two years to gestate? No, what happened? Well, it does take a long Good time. Good job, Heather. But I what, like that. what then happened was the elephant then became an endangered species and they weren't allowed to do it anymore. So it's actually set them back. So that's very perceptive of you, but there are answers. Okay. And very rarely on this show <laughs> are there more answers than questions. Mm. What about saving animals? that we already have from extinction, like tigers, pandas, and rhinoceroses. Mm -hmm. I don't understand how we're de-extinctioning, if that's even a word, animals that we lost four to 5,000 years ago. I'd rather them focus on actually keeping the stuff we've got at the minute. Yes, yes. The giant prehistoric creatures could roam the Earth for the first time in 4,500 years after researchers successfully merged genes from the long-dead mammals with that of elephants. So far, they've successfully switched 45 sections of DNA since the project began in 2015. And Harvard scientists claim they are now within two years of creating a hybrid embryo that will have all the characteristics of the shaggy beasts. Reintroducing woolly mammoths to frozen parts of the planet, it says, would help stop ice from melting and prevent the release of greenhouse gases into the atmosphere. Professor Church said they keep the tundra from thawing by punching through the snow and allowing cold air to then come in. Experts predict that reintroducing mammoths in Siberia into the wild could cause local temperatures to drop by up to 20 degrees Celsius. Who knew global warming would be stopped by the de-extinction of woolly mammoths? Sweet. That's remarkable. They would soon be hunted, of course, for their fur and tusks, no doubt, in a rather cynical swipe, which will give me an extra two points. I'm now Mm. on 14. Heather, what have you got for me in the round of cryptozoology and UFOs? Bigfoot expedition (gasps) inspires ban on state-funded searches for mythical creatures. Oh, so you can't be state-funded anymore. You can't? No. (gasps) What about my search for the mermaid? Has that gone down the tubes now? No. I was looking for GoFundMe. I was looking for Down mermaids. The, you were looking in the toilet. It's a good place to Don't start. Don't look in the toilet. <laughs> Anything that goes in the toilet ends up in Lake Superior. So ultimately, it was a bit of reverse you engineering. You were sending a beacon, weren't you? I was, and that's going to be a danger to <laughs> shipping, I might add. Larry Barker first exposed a UNM expedition to find Bigfoot back in October. A four-way into the forest paid for by you. Now a lawmaker wants to make it illegal for state-funded colleges to go hunting for mythical creatures. The bill comes from a Gallup senator who Larry Barker spoke with during his investigation. The bill would stop trips like the one Dr. Christopher Dyer from the UNM Gallup campus who took last year. Oh, yes, we took a one day. <laughs> and yes, we went up there. Yay, we walked around. Uh, what, what country was this again? Give me something to work with. Here. That's America. That's America. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Donald Trump's not doing a good enough job then, is he? <laughs> In response to what happened, Senator George Munoz is sponsoring a bill that would ban public funds from being spent on looking for or catching 
a fictitious creature. It does seem in today's day and age, when public money is so scarce,、mm-hmm. why it would be transferred to finding Bigfoot? Surely they should be privately funded. Yes, you,、uh, you would think so.、Um, the senator had a little fun with the bill. It also bans publicly funded searches for Pokemon, leprechauns, and the Boogeyman. Some people. The Boogeyman and Pokemon. Pokemon, Boogeyman. Boogeyman. <laughs> Fun and informative for all the family, ladies and gentlemen.、Mm-hmm. Miss Morris is now on a heady fifteen points. Wow! Wait. Wow, Heather. Britain's wartime leader Winston Churchill was open to the idea there could be life on other planets. One of his essays has revealed. Churchill wrote an eleven-page science article, which is believed to have been intended for a newspaper, but in 1939 it was never published. The document was handed to the National Churchill Museum in Fulton, Missouri, in the 1980s and was not rediscovered until last year. Did you know Winston Churchill was half American? I did not. Yeah, I didn't. There you go. Interesting facts. The museum's director Timothy Riley passed it to the Israeli astrophysicist Maria Olivio, who has discussed what Churchill wrote in an article for the Nature Journal. Churchill is said to have defined life as something that can breed and multiply, and noted that all living things of the type we know require water. I've seen the folks that live in the Midwest. They breed and multiply, and I guarantee they've never seen water. Some of them, or even soap, come to that. He also、wow. considered the idea that other stars—you <laughs> know who these people are. Yep. He also considered that other stars would host planets, and reasoned that many of them would be the right size to keep on their surface water and possibly an atmosphere of some sort. Churchill wrote one day, possibly even in the not distant future. It may be possible to travel to the moon or even Venus and Mars. Well, he was only thirty years out, wouldn't he? In nineteen thirty-nine,、yeah. he wrote that. Nineteen sixty-nine, we were on the moon.、Mm-hmm. The wartime leader concluded that Venus and Earth were the only planets in the solar system capable of hosting life. I thought Venus was a sulfurous, acidic atmosphere of the worst kind. Nowadays, it is known that icy moons around Jupiter and Saturn hold the potential for extraterrestrial beings. To exist, Mr. Livio told the BBC's Inside Science program he was stunned that Churchill had written about aliens as early as 1939. I shall give myself points, and I'm up to a heady 16. We now run into the round that is the strange and the bizarre. It's the stories from around the world that are too good not to read out, but don't fit easily into any other category. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of S and B? A pet squirrel named Joey. Joey. Squirrels. Here we go. Squirrels. Prevented a burglary attempt in Idaho last week by <laughs> scratching the teen suspect when he tried to break into a gun safe. Stealing his nuts. They little、like、buggers, aren't they? They they're wily little buggers. Little buggers. <laughs> yeah. The unidentified teenager told officers that the squirrel's attack scared him. Obviously, <laughs> because he wasn't expecting to have you know a squirrel come flying out of nowhere at him. You know. So basically, he said he took what he could and left as fast as he could. You know. I'm seeing now national. Lampoon's vacation, where Chevy、yep. Chase is running up the stairs <laughs> with a squirrel on his back. The squirrel's owner, Adam Pearl, said Joey has lived in his house for about six months after he was found in a flower garden by a friend's daughter when he was only about a week old. Jelly. 
Joey. Oh, Joey. I'm Joey sorry. Joey the squirrel. Yes, you've got an accent. I understand that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he, he said Joey's eyes were still closed, and he set an alarm to feed him every two hours. So his temperament is kind of like a cat. Oh. And when he wants attention, he'll run up your leg. Joey oh. eats nuts, and I don't know oh, why they... <laughs> And that, ladies and gentlemen, is where I'm wearing underpants. Uh, and, he, and he eats greens, and spinach is his favorite. He buries some of the nuts in the house plants inside oh. Pearl's house and uses a litter box. And he trained himself, funnily oh enough. God. Yes, his reward for his vigilance is Whoppers, which is his favorite. Oh, not hamburgers, the no, Maltesers? Just, yes, yes. And so he's after my nuts and my Whopper. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Milk <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Uh, Pearl had planned to release Joey into his backyard in the spring, but now he just doesn't know. He's kind of torn. So You this... can't release it once you've hand-reared it. It's mm. going to get killed. The eagle will come down I and know. make it its dinner. So there's one thing that Joey wanted to know. What? Where's the Whoppers? <laughs> it was not long after the celebration of their 50th wedding anniversary that this 82-year-old man living in a small German town ended up losing his wedding ring. Not a good thing as the 50th is supposed to represent golden and he actually loses his gold. His wife was understanding and he was sure that the ring would eventually pop up. Two and a half <laughs> years later and still no ring, but even worse, his wife passed away. Aww. The importance of the ring was even stronger now, but with so much time gone by and absolutely no sign of it, things were not looking good. It would be another six months after his wife had passed away when something truly bizarre would occur. It was during this time that his veggies needed to be harvested from the garden. Oh. But what he ended up harvesting was his wedding ring. Yay! Somehow the ring had come off of his finger while gardening three years ago. It wasn't apparent as rain ended up burying it deep down into the ground. Eventually the ring got tangled up in growing carrots. Finally, <laughs> one day a sprouting carrot caught hold of the ring and up it came. The carrot basically grew right through it 24 carats the man was naturally blown away <laughs> i've warned you about being funny he thought of the classic saying you reap what you sow by the way don't go onto a search engine and type in carrot and ring there's some things you just can't unsee do you remember that famous urban legend of the guy who's hanging over the side of a ferry on a ship on his way to france his wedding ring falls off of his finger plops into the english channel he then, two weeks later, is sat in France having his dinner. He orders the fish, opens up no. the fish, and there's his wedding ring no. inside the fish. Michelle, you have the last story of the evening in the round of The Strange and the Bizarre. And I'm going to go with Strange and Bizarre to the nth degree on this one. Woman gave birth to goat. <laughs> That's after, not very nice. After two-year pregnancy, with a gruesome video released to back up bizarre claims. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. A woman has given birth to a goat after a two-year pregnancy in Nigeria. The woman, who was unnamed in the coverage, was reported to have been pregnant for two years and then went to a community center for help. Do you think she conceived that at the heavy petting zoo? <laughs> Yeah. No. no. I was there. 
A free medical treatment clinic had been set up by a local pastor, and the woman's labor was apparently brought on. Crowds gathered to watch, with local media reporting. What? I know. Isn't that weird? I don't want an audience if Mm-mm. I give birth. Especially if it's a goat. I mean, it wouldn't be so bad, would it? <laughs> she was unsure of whether it would be a boy or a girl. It turned out to be a goat. It's like that cartoon, not that it matters, but... God, that's an ugly baby. Look at that. Isn't it ugly? <gasps> oh, it's a terrible looking baby. Look at that baby. Came, ugly. Ugly baby. Came out horny. Jeez, Ooh. no. It's just not... That, at least it came out. Jeez. <laughs> It could have got stuck, couldn't it? You know what I'm saying? If the horns were the wrong way, that's not coming out, is it? No. It's like barbed. Oh. Yeah. It's not nice. Um, the crowds gathered to watch with local media reporting oh, an infant whatever. goat-like animal covered in a pool of blood on the oh. concrete floor. So evidently this maternity care center was not state-of-the-art. Do you mind if I say it? Bunk. <laughs> got to time to have a drink ladies and gentlemen wherever you are <laughs> a big one. i need a drink worst yeah. of all worst of all the worst thing that's happened here is that that goat's going to be an aquarius an aquarius is a notorious you can't argue with an aquarius they'll always win an argument any they'll cut you to the bone as soon as you start arguing with them i mean i'm more upset that it's an aquarius if she could have kept her legs together a bit longer it could have been a pisces mm. and it could have been a nurse could have been someone who's in a caring profession, could have been a teacher, social worker, but now it's an Aquarius. That's going to be difficult to live could with. Could have been a nanny. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and you complained at my jokes. You were doing so well on it. had minus 17 oh, points. Oh, my God. Oh. Footage has also been released showing the blood-soaked animal, which locals say backs up the bizarre claims. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tasted good, though. The, in- the incident was said to have taken place in the city of Port Harcourt in Nigeria and was first reported on social media before in- being picked up in the country's regional news websites, including Nigeria Today, the Daily Post, and the Herald. Evidently, it was a slow news day. Apparently, drop the dead donkey. Yeah. We creep slowly and cautiously into the last round that is called Not For Your Mother. Well done you for finding us in our archives. Why don't you give us a nice love heart or a smiley face or write us a nice review as you're listening to this round. Your mother needs to be safely taken out of the room. Any small minors also need to be removed. A council's plan for a $600,000 statue of a squatting prostitute... (gasps) has angered one resident so much that he's threatening to hit back with a giant sculpture of a penis. Please. Town Hall Chiefs in Plymouth are bidding to transform the area outside the city's Theatre Royal with a 23-foot-high tribute to an infamous character from Shakespeare's Othello. Though described as a courtesan, Bianca is widely regarded as a prostitute and plays a pivotal role in the tragedy. But furious Alan Grant believes the proposed artwork denigrates and demeans women, as visitors to the theatre would have to walk through her legs and underneath her private parts. He said, I am therefore seeking private sponsors for the installation of statue involving an erect penis. That seems to make sense. Yeah. I don't remember a giant penis in any Shakespeare play, though, unless you include Richard the Third Leg. <laughs> uh. I will be offered 
To Plymouth City Council as a piece of street art in line with Bianca with no cost to the council, the public will be encouraged to visit, take photographs, even touch in an artistic sense. And I will be asked, <laughs> Michelle's doing motions of being touched in an artistic sense. And I will be asked that this piece of art, oh jeez. Heather's, Heather's not gone for the pencil. She's gone for the pencil case. <laughs> the public will be encouraged to visit, take photographs, even touch. And I will be asked that this piece of art be erected alongside the members' room of the council house, which approved Bianca. 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 The theatre Is she Royal... wearing bloomers? I have no idea. I don't think so. Oh. I just think it's au naturel. We've already oh. gone through this today. I was just curious. But Theatre Royal Chief Executive Adrian Vinkins said public art was always controversial, but the statue, designed by Cornish-born artist Joseph Hillier, would be a strong asset for the city. I see what you did there. He said we uh -huh. acknowledge that this very early stage, <laughs> the statue has some detractors who don't like it, or even the very idea of it. Public art will be, and perhaps always should be, controversial. People's perceptions of what they think they like or don't like vary over time. Dear Council, my next door neighbour has a huge erection in his garden. It's blocking out my light. Gross. There's so many characters in all of the Shakespeare plays. Why would you choose Bianca? Why couldn't you choose any other person? There's Maybe that's so, who inspired the artist. So many. This is true. We need to look into that. If you mm -hmm. wish to go to our Facebook site, more questions and answers with Adrian Lee. There is a model of what that prostitute squatting down would be like sat outside the Royal Theatre in Plymouth. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of NFM? Well, it's kind of some information. Oh, good. Yeah. A pensioner called Tony says he has taken inspiration from Roman ramparts and from World War I defences to build a defensive wall around his house to keep his ex out. <laughs> He's built a fault to keep his ex. Yes, it's true. It's This is hilarious. Tony told Channel 9's A Current Affair he believed God was on his side. Everyone thinks God's on their they side, do. but someone's going to lose. It's, oh, Tanya should go visit him because <gasps> yes, this is in Tanya. This is in Australia. She's in Melbourne, I believe. It's strong enough, believe me. That's good Australian hardwood. Ooh, Tony, yeah. who lives on the NSW Central Coast, said... New, New South Wales, that mm -hmm. would be. Excellent. Just helping you with a bit Thank of geography you. there. Said he was forced to build the wall, which is over two meters tall. <laughs> and all topped in all, it's just a... Two meter tall wall. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and it's topped with barbed wire. Perfect. Yes. Uh, to keep his ex away because she is intent on plundering and pillaging his home. <laughs> She's a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I, I do like a good pillage. I like a good plunder. <laughs> and everybody's happy. Mm -hmm. I thought the Romans used to put this up around their camp, he said. It's a bit symbolic. You fight your enemy that's coming in to take your property without paying a cent for it. What also about, symbolic. Imagine if he's built the wall and then there's a knock at the portcullis and he looks out through the door and there's this giant horse waiting for him as a oh. gift. 
Can you imagine? That would be... And he'd be like, wow, someone's maybe a, awesome. a giant horse. I'm going to bring it in. I'm going to bring it inside mm-hmm. the wall. Because yes. yeah. that's that's a present. That's a gift, right? Mm, it is a gift. Yeah. What a giant statue of a horse. Yes. he has. He's going to some links to protect what's his. It'd be cheaper to move the country. And he's got support from his partner, Antoinette. And his fort even comes with he he did the whole thing with barbed wire machine gun nests nobody's got a catapult <gasps> oh my god and some cows <laughs> that one go. shoot the bunnies <laughs> little bunnies catapult them over <laughs> rabbits why would you want to catapult a rabbit catapult a rabbit <laughs> i don't know why catapult. would you <laughs> I'm just making my own compound nouns. Yes, like yes, you are. Yeah. But I think that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Way to go, Tony. Bang. UFOs flying. Keep your ex out. Yeah. Flying. If she doesn't have the secret password. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know what it is. What a vision imagination. Shrimp on the bobby. Mm. Oh, wow. Racism as well. Fantastic. <laughs> Michelle, what have you got for us tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? I'm going to have to get Heather to weigh in on this one a little bit. While most of us might agree that a Valentine's Day date at a fast food joint is kind of the worst thing ever. Not really. Mm. Well, you've been to Dairy Queen a couple of times and put that was out. It. That was it. Mm-hmm. Burger King is prepared to fight that stigma. This uh. year, the Israeli version of the burger chain is offering a romantic boxed food dinner for two called nice. the adult's meal happy nice. meal happy meal for adults i'll make you happy <laughs> so happy <laughs> so happy designed for those 18 and older so bring your id that comes with two whoppers two packets of fries two beers and a romantic adult toy sweet does it have batteries spoiler alert that means sex toy night in sweet it's a night in isn't it comes romantic with a hot dog two whoppers <laughs> Do you want special sauce with that? <laughs> okay, I have to try and do my sexy voice. Here we go. You mean you haven't been doing that for the last hour? People have written in at the beginning of this show and said Quiet. you have a sexy voice. i got to concentrate. Focus. Kids meal. That's for kids. <laughs> the commercial's narrator seductively declares before informing us that Burger King presents the adult's meal. With an adult toy inside. Sweet Jesus. That's not really working for me. <gasps> only on Valentine's Day. Hmm. The deal will be only available at Burger King locations in Israel on February the 14th from 6 p.m. until closing. She could go and see the birthplace of Jesus, come out, nip into Burger King, get yourself a sex toy, a couple of beers, and then yep. spend the evening. And a burger. I've been back. going to the wrong royalty. All yeah. these years, I've been going to Dairy Queen and such. I've been you need going the to king. king. I'm scared of that king on those. Tel Aviv is where you need to be, apparently. Mm. <laughs> so they moved up the truck and they moved to Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv. <laughs> <laughs> that was bad. Sorry. Based on the commercial ad agency Leo Burnett Israel release, the adult toy options are more gimmicky than risque, and include a lacy blindfold. A tiny leather. What? Not leather. 
Tiny feather duster. Leather works. I like a leather. I want a leather duster. <laughs> yeah. Me too. I don't think they have that at Burger King. You should see my feather chaps. Oh, God. And a head massager. What type of head? <laughs> don't you, give me that look. You were thinking it too, Mr. Lee. Yuri Geller's Israeli. I wonder if he could put a bend in the middle of it for me. It'll, it's the one that looks Yours like a whisk, whisker. Hmm. Trauma injuries. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we won't judge the people out there for scalp fetishes. But we're hoping the blindfold does come wrapped in plastic because putting on a grease-soaked mask on your face can't be good for your pores. No, it can't. You Is that the only toys? You don't want to clog up your pores. It's the only toys, Heather, but I think it was very popular, and maybe they'll come up with some better ones. McBurglar. <laughs> Turd burglar? Hand burglar. <laughs> Turd burglar. I don't want to go. <laughs> the last thing I want to do... Is go to a fast food restaurant, get a Happy Meal that's got a turd burglar in it. I'm sorry. What was the purple thing called? The Grimace. (laughs) That's what you're going to get. You're going to get a Grimace. I can arrange that for you. Grimace. Was it purple? Yes. It was. Fantastic. We'll be taken off air soon. This is ridiculous. Oh, Can't get to Israel, but still want your share of the fast food approach to love? Grimace. Mm-hmm. French Burger King locations are offering a Valentin's cup that features a lid with two holes. A lid with two holes. One big hole and one little one. Nice. <laughs> For bendy stars. Bendy straws. I give you bendy straws. I like. I used to love those fun straws, you know. Mm -hmm. A lot of sucking involved with that, though. So now you and your loved one can share a drink without spillage. Now that's romance. Trebien, messy buckets. Mm. No word on whether American locations plan to step up their love game, but until we hear, we suggest you check out the commercial. With Burger King Australia's Adults Meals, which is on our Facebook page. Could you imagine? Mm. Yes, I can. Fair enough. Mm. <laughs> it's so much worse than... <laughs> Just terrible. That would never ride in this country, I tell you. There'd be complaints. It would never happen. A man got his penis stuck in a plastic bottle and had to call firefighters to get it removed in an embarrassing Fifty Shades of Grey inspired move. I hope that uh. someone gets my... I hope that someone gets my message. Wiener in a bottle. It works. And the sheepish chap is not the only one to land himself in trouble after trying out kinky antics inspired by the saucy films, with rescues costing the taxpayer $1.2 million in the last five years. The fire service revealed saucy Brits, spurred on by the erotic novels and films, are increasingly having to dial 999 after finding themselves in an embarrassing tangle. London's firefighters had to get their bolt cutters out 23 amorous times when men had rings stuck on their carrots in the (laughs) last five years since the books were released. They've also rescued 102 men and women stuck in handcuffs or chained to the bed during the same period. The London Fire Brigade urged men to think before they got too carried away with their sexual pleasures. Director of Operations Dave Brown warned, Our advice is simple. If the ring doesn't fit, 
Don't force it on, Cinderella. As well as being painful, you could end up wasting emergency service time if you have to call us out. Other call-outs included helping free one man from a toaster and another what? from a vacuum cleaner. Oh. Stuck in his rye hole. Grain, no doubt. What was that? A man <gasps> got stuck in a toaster. I just, I just said rye hole grain, that was all. <laughs> oh. I didn't say I didn't say eye hole, I said I rye or hole. Said, I thought you did say eye hole. I did, I did too. Rye <laughs> or hole. Remember, if you have a problem, you don't need to call the emergency services. You can call 101 yeah. for non-emergency non-emergencies. rescues. Miss Morris, the last story tonight in oh, the round. Yeah. Not for your mother. A man creates a Tinder-like dating app <laughs> that he's really excited about and he's here we're going to interview yes. him right now <laughs> let me let me go get him <laughs> are you there uncle arthur just give us a sign any sign <laughs> where he's the only guy available oh my god <laughs> fair play i like Yay. that it's a great idea <laughs> oh. if you've ever used tinder once again another app just like snapchat Shat again. Oh, that's, right. that's two shats in one episode. <laughs> Shat means cat in French. I just thought, Does it? La Chat Noir is the black cat. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, I haven't used Snapchat <laughs> or Tinder. I don't. I don't know what I know. Tinder is for dating, I think, but that's all I know. Well, anyway, if you've ever used Tinder, you know you're going in, and that the odds are stacked against you. For starters. There's a ton of dudes on Tinder, which is good for us women. Yeah. Not and only, gay men, of course. Well, yeah. there you go. But not only that, but European scientists recently studied the behavior of Tinder users and found that a majority of women really only swipe right for the guys they're actually interested in, while men are much less picky and more likely to casually swipe right. So if you're looking to Tinder to find a last-second date... You might be out of luck if you're a guy. Mm. So you swipe left for no. What are you doing taking notes? I'm not taking notes. <laughs> I'm preparing. I'm just Jeez. <laughs> hey, go through that again. What were the directions? Oh, no, piss off. <laughs> <laughs> that is, unless you follow the lead of this one genius and develop your own Tinder-like dating app where there's only one guy available for women to date, and that would be you. Simwa. Talk about narrowing the field, Adrian. A A. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, A is for Adrian. Well spotted. Ah, ah, ah. This show is brought to you today by the letter A. Ah. <laughs> anyway, Shinder. <laughs> anyway, anyway, Shinder. Shinder. That's what Schindler, it's called. Schindler's list. Schindler's list is the brilliant work of entrepreneur, author, product designer, and motivational speaker, and all-around jokester, mm. Shed Simov. Yeah, I said Shed Simov. He's also behind such stunts as a book called What Every Man Thinks About Apart from Sex. The kicker, the book contains 200 blank pages. And another called Fifty Shades of Grey, which also includes 200 blank pages, except they go from light to dark (laughs) grey. For those of you that are tonally aware. (laughs) Uh, We haven't explored all of 
Simov's many, many ideas, but it's reasonable to assume that at least four more involve printing books with 200 blank pages. As for the Shindrap tagline, quality, not quantity. It's very real, and the 45-year-old Simov is using it to find love. Per the mirror, he already has had more than a hundred matches so far. Ooh. I've anticipated the scarcity of potential matches will create increased demand. And with that more chance of dating success, as he told the mirror, now I'm a big fish in my own pond. Well, all good things come to an end. So let us look at tonight's scores in last place with a K2 meter and the dead battery. It is Robin from Massachusetts, who never got off of a three. Lace scored five. Michelle scored 13. I scored 16. But in resplendent first place and winning the $33,000 IR camera is Heather, who scored 17. Yay, Heather. I can't believe it. It's like knew? your prophecy. My prophecy is coming true. Let's go and check and see if there's some sort of eclipse outside. <laughs> Do not fear, listener. Remember, we will be back with a whole new bunch of stories next week where Heather will be losing again. And I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal, strange, intriguing, bizarre and weird. Please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site, More Questions Than Answers with Adrian Lee. Or you can join my Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. And remember, if you go to SoundCloud and search for MQTA Radio, you will find our archives where we're now going to do an extra 20 to 25 minutes of the show in a round called Not For Your Mother that we can't read out on Dark Matter Radio. My gratitude and gracious thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Chaton Drainer, Michelle Corey, and all at the International Paranormal Society at intparanormal.net. And all of the show's sponsors, including the Lakes Area, Paranormal Interest Group, and MUFON of Minnesota. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening, and remember, be interested and interesting. Good night. Good night.